Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your ears are about to tickle. You are listening to a podcast with two friends sharing their opinions and their love about things they enjoy. This is the Disaster Party Podcast. Whoa, daddy. Let's get it. Oh, oh, daddy, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let them boys explain. It's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And that's the Disaster Party Boys telling you, go do it now. Welcome to Disaster Party Podcast. As always, this is Rob Cedeno, joined by my co-host. Oh, daddy. It's your boy, Andy Bivians. It's B-I-V-I-A-N-S, for I am the one true oh, daddy of Bivians. I am seeing your American icon. Oh, daddy, I'm excited. And today, today... This isn't our typical episode, weekly episode. This is uh, our fourth, four, one, two, three, four episode of Know Thy Neighbor, which for those who don't know, if this is your first Know Thy Neighbor episode, Know Thy Neighbor is when we interview a friend of ours or someone that we don't know. And we ask them more intimate, personal questions so that they can share their story. Because at the end of the day, we interact with people on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, and we don't know them on a deeper level. Like we might know like they like wrestling or they like baseball and where they work and if they have brothers or sisters, maybe. And then anything outside of that, we don't really know because most of us don't sit there and have these intimate conversations. So this conversation, the Know Thy Neighbor little i guess what do you want to call it series is to get to know people on a deeper level for us to get to know them and for the listeners to get to know them and hopefully their story will inspire or have people relate to them or anything like that so we are actually bringing back on j-rag he was on a couple weeks ago he's this is this would be his third episode coming on the other two episodes were talking about wrestling. No, one was wrestling and one was DoorDash and Grubhub, and that was Dash in the Fast Lane. So today, Jason volunteered for Know Thy Neighbor. Jason, are you ready for this? I'm ready. And hello. Thank you for having me. I'm Jason. Call me Jay Raggin, probably preferably. But uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for bringing me back, guys. You're Ooh. welcome. You are Thank welcome. Thank you for coming. Let's see if you're I'm thanking excited. us after this is over. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Bring it on. look what you guys made me do. <laughs> so the way I see it, you just moved in the neighborhood. Me and Rob got some pie. And we're about to figure out who you are. So I got a question for you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Are you happy? <laughs> You said, you said, you said, are you ready? Sorry, I had to do the, I was doing the DX thing. My bad. I felt it too. My bad. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Biggest question of all, are you happy? Uh, Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty happy. Got, you know, got a lot going on. You know, I'm in a better place than I was a couple of years ago. So yeah, I'd say overall, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Okay. Okay. Follow up. 
what makes you so happy? Oh, what makes me so happy? Well, you know, I've got a pretty steady job, um, you know, besides, besides, you know, doing my deliveries as we covered on the last time I was here. Um, I also have, you know, I have a steady job working in accounts receivable, something that I enjoy doing. Um, I've done it for the last few years. Um, I'm in a much better situation than I was a few years ago. A few years ago, I was primarily in a bad financial situation. My fault, because I, I spend money like you wouldn't believe on the most nonsense things. And, you know, I've, I've turned a lot of that around. Um, so really got my credit score back up. Was able to get a new car uh, a couple of years ago. And I know it sounds like material things, but I, I think it, I've become more comfortable rather than, than I was a few years ago. I was in a, granted, besides being the bad financial situation, it was also, I was very conflicted in how I was going about situations. Um, and I feel like between then and now, I've come a long way to really learn more about myself and really learn how to address certain things and handle certain things in life. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I was going to follow up on that. Go for it. What lessons did you learn? One of the biggest lessons I said, I would say I learned is that number one is you can't win them all. You know, you're never, life's always going to throw you curveballs. Um, as I'm sure a lot of people have learned throughout the pandemic in one way, shape or another. Um, life is always unexpected, really. And, you know, you really get one shot in this world to really make what, what you want or what you're going to end up making of this life. Um, and I've grown to be more humble on when things are really beyond your control. Um, you know, I, I used to think that, you know, I was in control of, every situation I was in or at least had a hand. Um, and, you know, it's not always the case. You know, you really, I guess over time, you really take a step back sometimes and really learn about yourself and really, really learn about what's going on around you, really learn to appreciate those around you. Um, you know, because you know, people around you are trying to help, whether you you realize them or not. So I would say humility is probably one of the biggest things I've learned in the last few years. Okay. Was like asking for help, like a big, like, like issue. Cause I know like a lot of people uh, want to kind of take on the world by themselves and it's easier to take on everything with a group of friends around you, you know? Yeah. Um, would you say like trying to reach out was like one of the big hurdles? It was. Um, cause you know, I'm very prideful, you know, to a fault to the point where it's can be a flaw. Um, no, that's why pride is also one of the big seven sins, um, <laughs> where I wouldn't like asking for help and, you know, I, I, I guess there was a time in my life where I, I would try to cut corners, take the easy way out. And honestly, you know, the more often, more times than I care to admit um, in certain situations when you try to take, try to cut corners or take the easy way out, you really, you don't get as far as you had hoped. Um, so I think, and that's also easier how you find yourself trapped because you'll cut a corner, take a wrong turn, not realize it. And then, you know, you're stuck. Um, and I think the biggest way to avoid that is going back to what I was saying is, you know, really being humble about situations you're in, really being humble about those around you who truly care and really want to help and also being open to said help. And sometimes you got to, sometimes you can't be, you got to let go of that pride at some point to really ask to reach out um, because not everything is just going to be given to you on a silver platter. 
Um, and you know, that's, that, that was a big lesson that my parents always tried to instill in me for a long time. And I was just very hard headed, like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like not everything revolves around you, Jason. And, you know, that's definitely one of the biggest lessons that I was always just thick headed to. And, uh, and, you know, I, I think I've come a long way in really accepting that. All right. Are you ready for the the more personal questions now? Let's go. You warm you up. I think you, that was a good warm up. That was. I think you. I think you had a question in mind, Andy. Oh. Um. So, let's get to like family and stuff. Um. <laughs> what was um. Actually, I'm gonna switch it up. Uh, you said that your parents had a hand in helping you out with that. Was did you find one parent more influential than the other to you, or? Uh, no, I wouldn't say more influential. Um, I would say each of my parents were influential in each their own way. Um, also, obviously, together too, they you know they wanted me to really be able to learn the same lessons of life. Um. But, uh, you know, I, I would say there were times I may have learned a different lesson from each parent, but I would say for the most part, I learned the same lessons from them together. Um, okay. You know, obviously, they've always been really supportive of me. And, you know, I, there have been times where I've been a pain in the ass through school. Uh, <laughs> you know, bad grades, cutting school, you know, doing things I'm not supposed to be doing. Oh, you know, lying to get, about that. I still do that. Yeah, lying <laughs> to get over. Um, oh God, I was. There were times in my life I was a pathological liar, and I wasn't. I wasn't a good one, but I always kept going back to that well. You know that well my drive years ago. <laughs> I kept going back to it, and uh, you know, and it always created, you know. You know, I guess I guess you could say, oh, you know, kids being kids, but you know, it comes a time where you know, really start, got really start to grow up, and obviously, um, took me a little longer than it should have. Um, so you know, every times I, my antics might have created uh, stressful situations, and you know, it wasn't great, and you know, I do live now really learning from my past mistakes um you know it uh it really shapes you to into what you become now and moving forward um as you know since we're all grown adults now you know it's like you know we we may not be doing what we thought to ourselves as kids that we would be doing by this time um, but I think the most important thing that a lot of people don't realize is that even though you might be doing something different now than what you thought you would have been doing, the lessons that you're learning now are for the most part, lessons that your parents and your friends and your other loved ones have always been trying to really instill in you to really become, you know, a decent person, a good human being, and, you know, a positive contributor to society one way or another. All right, I got one. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what because this this one this one when I had when when Andy did this to me, this one was a good one for me. What was or if the the <clears throat> most impactful memory you have as a child? Impactful memory. Yeah, it could be impacting good, bad, in between, or whatever. But do you have a memory that you can always like go back to and be like, wow, when I was like seven, I remember blob blink, blink, blink happening. And that affected my life. Uh, one of the most impactful memories uh, was one of them. I would, uh, I'll, I'll talk on this one. Um, when uh, I got caught stealing from... I got caught stealing money from my aunt and um, and my aunt who lived right downstairs 
um, and I had gotten caught. And even I'm caught red-handed with the money in my possession, in my room, and I still tried lying about it. Um, my, I ended up, you know, uh, really, I, at least for a night, I got, you know, kicked out of the house. My parents were obviously very upset, um, and obviously rightfully so. My aunt was hurt um, because, you know, family wasn't perfect, but, you know, they always cared. And for me to do that, it was, this happened when I was like 17 already. So it was like, I'm already like towards the end of high school, coming into an adult. So this is not really something at this age I should be doing. And obviously I was at the age where I know better. Um, and that, I, that was definitely a time where I really hurt the people that loved me the most. And uh, that definitely, like, even though it was just, like, I got kicked out for one night and, you know, the next day we really had a, got together with my parents and my aunt and my uncle, and we really had, a, like, a heart-to-heart. It was, um, it, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a lesson I learned right then and there because, you know, and that's, I would say that sticks with me because that's, it sticks with me because one, I not only did I learn a lesson, but it's also something that I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I did that, you know, and and it's just like, <laughs> you know, it, it was one of those things that if I needed money, I could have just asked, like, hey, you know, mom, dad, or you know, my aunt, you know, can I, you know, borrow whatever for whatever, and they more than like would have said yes, and I, it was just me being an asshole, really. Sorry if I'm allowed, but I'm not allowed to say yeah. that. No, you can say okay. whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Um, yeah, me pretty much being a fucking asshole. Um, and but on top of that, really hurting them because as pissed off as they were, they were really hurt. And knowing that I did cause that, it um it caused uh you know, you know, wasn't uh, unfortunately wasn't the last mistake I made it would end up making, but it was definitely one I really think back to. And that was about half of your life ago. So that, that must be really literally, impactful. literally. Yes. Cause I'm 34 now. So yes, literally half. Cause I was 17 yeah. when that happened. So yeah, that, that, oh, that wow. definitely when, yeah. if you're still talking about something with such passion and like, you know, regret, that means that really did impact you a lot. So yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Ready for another one. Bring it. All right. I know Andy and I had a very similar answer to this one. Mm-hmm. What was and again share as little as at or as much as you want on this what was either the worst most difficult or hardest moment of your life the hardest most difficult or most impactful or no um, hardest Worst, most difficult, or hardest? Worst, difficult, or hard? I we, we got an easy one after this, okay? So okay, no, but <laughs> this, like this one, I already know the answer to this one. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I would say it was probably the day my ex girlfriend and I broke up. Um, so pretty, uh, pretty much it was a toxic relationship, you know, you know, she had her flaws. I had mine. Um, I, but I think for me, and this kind of goes hand in hand with one of the biggest regrets of my life. Um, granted she had her flaws, you know, and I did too, but I had anger issues and and it's look and these issues were just and it like i'm the type where i let things bottle up i don't talk about my emotions a whole lot you know and they're you know and my mom's even called me out on it like you know you can't let things bottle up even to this day she tells me you can't let things bottle up if you feel in a certain way you got to talk about it i'm just hard-headed in that sense that was one of the reasons for this series 
you know, um, so in this relationship, um, you know, we were arguing a lot, um, and I, I really developed anger issues. I had trust issues and, but it got to a point where like, I would, I became a completely different person where, and this answer might run long. So just letting you know ahead of time, you're in for a ride here. Um, but it got to a point where I completely changed as a person where I, I was not recognized. I wouldn't even recognize myself, honestly, with the person I was, I would, I would start arguments for no reason. Um, I would say horrible, terrible things to her. Um, you know, I would, unfortunately, you know, and what I'm about to say is a very strong word to use. Um, I was for the most part, emotionally and mentally abusive to her. Um, and you know, and that's not, obviously that's not something I was raised to be. Um, you know, it's not something like I, I didn't witness that in my home or anything like that. Um, so I had anger issues and it really, oh, it, like, I, I didn't even, I was a completely different person. And it really got to a point where she ended up leaving me. And at the time, I didn't understand it. I was still full of emotion and anger because of how our relationship was going. And then she all of a sudden, she just left. And it wasn't just like, she just sent me like a breakup text. She moved. She moved out of state. I didn't even know. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't know until she was already gone. And then I, I got out of work. I was working, I think, Bath and Body Works at the time. And I turned my phone on after I logged out because we're not allowed to have our phones on us. And I remember I turned my phone back on. And all of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up with text after text after text from her. And I'm think, and like I remember trying to reach her throughout the day because you know, and it was going straight to voicemail, and I thought it was weird. So I get text after text. So I'm thinking something happened. I start reading the text, telling me she she's basically pouring her heart out to me, telling me you know, you know that she's sorry that this didn't work out. She's pretty much breaking up with me and telling me that she had you know she was leaving and that moment i felt like because i i loved her and i cared about her so much even though i was doing shit to show it i was again i'm i'm being a freaking asshole at this point someone could say i was someone could say i was a real piece of shit i you know and i will i now admit that i was at the time i was a real piece of shit um and it i'm it felt like a gut punch like you wouldn't believe so I remember crying my eyes out, not knowing, like, not knowing how to process this because, again, I'm in this ball of emotion that I have no familiarity with whatsoever. You know, I'm, my anger con- issues are out of control. And, you know, I, you know, so I start calling her, blowing up her phone. Sh- Long story short, it. Long story short, I. Once I got her on the phone, I insulted her more, and it just like. It. Long story short, it really took me a really long time, to really come to terms with, I was the reason, that our relationship fell apart, you know, no matter what flaws she had, no matter what mistakes she made, mistakes I made that was completely irrelevant to because it does not justify the things i was doing the thing the 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 hurt i was putting her through you know and it really took me a long really long time to really accept what i was doing i became depressed after that um and again this was i'm already a bottled up person as it is i got bottled up even more um you know i thought about fucking ending it you know i one time i tried and you know i I thank god i chickened out um and uh i really and like you know it really 
it took me honestly it took me really years to really get over it um yeah i know she's moved on you know that sort of thing like i accepted that the relationship was over but it really took me years to really come to terms with the fact that i'm the one who did that damage because it's one thing to live with regret but when you but when you are living with regret that's caused by your own guilt that's a whole nother thing and that is not something that i wish on anyone not even my worst enemy um you know and you know obviously i've i've learned that to really i've used that to really learn now to really become a better person um to really promise that you know no matter what the situation whether it be relationship you know friendship whatever family or whatever the case may be any interaction that i would never be that person that i was ever again i'm not not even person i would never be that monster that i have, was back then you know because back then and the thing is it's not like i was out of control like anytime my parents would come by yeah i you know i was able to put on this facade that you know everything's good you know but then when it just became between me and her between behind closed doors the beast was unleashed and yeah so and i i think that was probably the biggest lesson of being able to become humble with knowing and accepting your own actions you know and i'll i'll admit i still live with that guilt to this day you know and you know part of me is finds it hard to really forgive myself because that's not a that's not something i should have ever done in the first place you know some can make the excuses oh you know well i grew up with that in my house well, i didn't grow up with that not not like what i was doing you know so i really i have no excuse i have no justification you know, everyone has their flaws and, you know, I, but I do know, I do feel better knowing that I'm never going to make that mistake ever again, you know? So I would say that that was a huge impact. And honestly, that's a lesson I continue to learn to this day because I, I think about it all the time, you know, you know, the mistakes you make, you you can't forget your past because one way or another, good or bad, your past is what helps you shape what you've become and really have to has to be weighed into the decision of what you want to be moving forward. So that and that was a big lesson. You know, that was a huge that was a huge impact in my life. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot, man. But it was, I mean, uh, yeah. Before we go to the easier question. I would say at least the fact that you are able to acknowledge, you know, the behavior and you yeah. are still kind of beating yourself up about it and learning and changing. So that's, that's really good. I mean, unfortunate yeah. for the time, but good that you've learned from it. Yeah. All right, Andy. E easy have, question. <laughs> I have an easy question, but I also have, no, we'll go with the easy one. Uh, what is your happiest moment? Happiest moment? Mm, I mean, it's hard to pick one. Um, the happiest, happiest, happiest moment. So something like you just uh, had that, that, that you're still like kind of beating yourself up over. Do you have a moment that mm -hmm. you can always look back and just like when you think about it in your head, you, there's just like a giant smile that it oh, every time you think of that memory or that that mm -hmm. that moment, it just you always smile and that smile never fades. Oh, uh, I would have to say the first time me and my parents went to uh, Universal, you know, studios. OK, um, because, you know. I, I don't want to say it was like maybe seven or eight at the time. Because um, I remember, we all, we all remember watching Nickelodeon shows and Cartoon Network and all that. And if you ever watch Nickelodeon in particular, every show that they, every live show, you would say like all that, Keenan and Kel, um, any other shows, it all, most of them always ended. Oh, this episode was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Nickelodeon Studios. Oh yeah, in, Uni in Orlando, Florida. 
And, and I remember, and I, I remember my mom just one night asking me after school, no, you know, so, you know, we're booking a vacation. Where do you want to go? I said, instantly, I said Universal Studios. Nice. Because that's <laughs> where I can have it. They made it happen. Made Did it happen, anything man. at Universal Studios that trip, do you remember extra? Because I like, I remember my grandparents, my parents took me like Disney mm-hmm. and all those places when I was young. And I go, okay, I can remember being there. But there wasn't any like particular thing that I could be like, oh, well, I was there that time. Oh, yes. Uh, this, this vacation. Um, I don't know if it was the first, this happened the first time we went because that was the first time we went, but we ended up going there. I think we went there like almost every year after that. Um, One of the other times we went though, that I can remember that, uh, that me and my parents laugh at all the time. Uh, This year, we, this particular year, we went with me and my parents, my aunt, my uncle. And the week before we had left on that vacation, I had just watched Beavis and Butthead do America for the first time. Wow. So that whole week, so that whole week, I, we're going through the theme parks of Disney World, Epcot, Universal. I got my <laughs> I got my shirt above my head doing I am the great Cornholio all day, every day. And I'm yelling it at the top of my lungs. We go inside. We're inside for like Space Mountain. The lines are looping. You know, we're on this line and then you got the other line going back this way. I, I got the shirt as we're on line. I'm turning to the people the line next to us, screaming at them. I'm Cornholio. As we're walking outside, my dad's like, you know, holding everybody back a little. Let them walk a little further up. That's funny. And then I just, and then I, I turn around and I start yelling at them. And my dad's like, I, I just remember my dad just face palming hard. That's um, funny. But it was hilarious. Oh God, it was. It was <laughs> That's hilarious. hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> so, all right, next one. So we're we're kind of going back and forth with good and bad. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear. Um, my, my biggest fear would have to be, you know, as unfortunately as inevitable as is, it would be losing a loved one, um, you know, whether it be expected or suddenly, um, because again, especially in later years, I've really grown to really appreciate family more than I used to. Um, cause you know, obviously no family's perfect, you know, everyone has their flaws and, you know, and shit, but I've really grown again in these last few years, definitely to really appreciate family. And I, my biggest fear is losing any one of them, you know, as unfortunately as inevitable as it is, you know, in this thing we call life. So yeah. I would say, yeah. you know. All right. All right. Um, the next one. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received? Yeah. The, the best advice I ever received. I said some, because I've received a whole lot of good advice over the years from different people. But one lesson um, that really sticks out of me was actually comes from my old Taekwondo teacher. And again, this was during a time where I'm a knucklehead, doing teenager, doing teenager things. And while I was going to Taekwondo, some little side note here, anytime I got in trouble while I was enrolled in Taekwondo, sometimes my parents would let my Taekwondo teacher, because then after class, and my class was always like the last one of the night on which on whichever days I was going, he'd always pull me to the side and really have like a one-on-one heart-to-heart conversation with me. And one of the best lessons he ever said, and it and it how true is because a teenager may not understand this at the time, because you know they're still learning and going through the motions, growing up really. One until you really know yourself. Truly, truly know yourself, you'll never, ever, 
ever, no matter how hard you think, know what you're doing. Facts. And I'd okay. say that is definitely something that really is like in, to this day ingrained in my head. There you go. Okay. Uh, and again, at the time, I didn't really understand it because, you know, even after that, even after he said that, I still did knucklehead things. But, you know, now really understanding what he meant. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, this one you could take in any way you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you some examples if you'd like. And if you don't have any, you don't have any. Um, talk about your experience in a world event. Um, so examples would be like, do you remember the day of like 9-11 where you were? Or, oh. or like, th- these are just examples. So you could pick mm-hmm. one. Um, either like the 2008 recession, did that affect you? Or do you remember anything of that? Or even the pandemic or, you know, anything like that? Um, 2008 recession, I, you know, vaguely honestly remember that. Uh, 9-11, I definitely remember. Like, like literally, like it just happened yesterday still. Um, I was actually like, because this happened just after the school year started because it was... September. You know, second, second or third week in September. Um, it was my freshman year of high school. And I remember we're in gym class. We haven't started doing playing any sports yet because kids had to get their physicals and get cleared by the nurse and doctors and all that. So we were at a time where all the students just they're spending the whole period just sitting on the bleachers, just doing whatever. And all of a sudden, I just hear about two planes hitting the towers and i'm like wait what i I, i'm thinking like i I think the first thing i think was there were two jets that hit the towers and i'm thinking like i i'm thinking for some reason because i heard jets i'm thinking like fighter uh, a fighter jet ran into one of the towers and i'm thinking it's an accident and then it wasn't really until like later in the school day i really heard what happened and we're like, holy crap. My aunt at the time worked right across the street from like literally across the street from one of the towers, uh, like one Liberty Plaza. Um, so I just remember, you know, and at the end of the school day, when we're on the school bus going home, um, I went to Saunders High School. Uh, during the bus routes, at, at one point of the bus route, because Yonkers has a lot of hills on it, you can yeah, it see does. the New York City. You can see the New York City skyline in the distance. Um, wow! At some at one point on this bus route, so remember, and me and me and everyone else on bus, we see and we just see all the smoke, and because it's still like three o'clock in the afternoon, so and we're like, what the? I go, um, you know, I get home. My parents are already home, and. And we're like, what? Like, uh, what's going on? The news is on. They're really, really trying to trying to come to terms with what the hell was going on. My aunt made it home, thankfully, because she had a close call. She ended up catch being able to catch a cab somehow. Like, I, I guess the grace of God or whatever other divine intervention of some sort, she managed to catch a cab. The second that that cab was pulling away, the tower started coming down. And there was debris falling literally on the spot where she was just standing a few minutes prior. Because the driver, and I remember her, my aunt telling me that when she was in the back of the cab, the driver looked in his rearview mirror and he sees all the debris falling now. And it's like, if she had been there like another couple minutes, probably, God knows, I would have been dead. Um, my dad at the time worked in uh, Stanford, Connecticut, uh, W. For a company called WM Properties, um, which which at the time was also the the uh, building that I believe they owned, but I they did also manage the Empire State Building. Um, so my my I mean my dad was in Stanford, but even they went to the roof of their building, and even from Stanford, Connecticut, you could still see all the smoke. Wow, and, you know because you could also see the tops of the skyscrapers, 
And he just remember he told me that he remembers his boss. And he remembers this to this day. His boss telling him, We need to evacuate the Empire State Building now. Because the Twin Towers were just hit. You know, yeah. obviously they had gotten word that it was a terrorist attack. The next biggest building was, you know, Empire State Building. And they just remember, like, what the f- is going on? And then, you know, obviously here, and then more news comes out about the Pentagon and then the plane that crashed in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely just a, you know, and the fact that it's been like 20, over 20 years already, just it's surreal. Yeah, it's still pretty wild to think. Yeah, I, I can tell you what spot in the bleachers I was sitting in. That's how, like, hard uh, in my head it is. Big, that's why we thought that was an important question, because it's, like, something yeah. like that you do remember exactly, like, oh, where yeah. you were. Yeah. All right, Andy. So, um, let's look into the future a little bit. Where do you see yourself in five, 10, 15 years, or retirement? Retirement. You know, that's still a, that's a question my mom asked me still these days. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, you know, you know, I might still be with the company I'm with now. Um, you know, I've been there. I've been working for this company for seven years now. Holy shit. Time flies. Um, <laughs> uh, I really, I don't know. Honestly, I. Well, do you I'm, have like, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, cut you off. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say I have a lot going on now that, you know, obviously somebody always wants to have goals. You know, I just, I, I, I'm just hoping I'm able to start a family at some point. Um, you know, that's obvious. That's obviously what I want to do. You know, I want to be living comfortably. Want to be, you know, raising a family. Um, you know, I know I'm 34 years old, and you know, a lot of my, a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends I went to school with already have kids already in school. You know, but hey, you know. I, I'm your age, and my kid's only two, so don't. Yeah, but you know, don't worry about that. Yeah, you know, timing's different for everyone, so you know. Exactly. We'll see. Trust me, I know that feeling. <laughs> I have people waiting in school lines. <laughs> <laughs> but right. oh, go ahead, Andy. Oh, I was gonna say with that one, like, is there any, uh, is there any like goal you're trying to work on, or um, so anything specific? Not at the moment, and you know, hopefully it doesn't sound bad because obviously career goals, you know, have always been a big thing. Um, you know, our friend Ariel is always talking to me about, you know, planning for the future. Um, Dude, this is your, this is your answer. There's no wrong answers. Yeah, true. But, you know, it, it's definitely something that I do have to give more thought to. And I, admittedly, I haven't, I haven't given the specifics of it more thought as much as I should so yeah okay that's what i got for now all right all right there you go i i think this next question andy added and i don't really know how to word this so i'm going to try my best if you do this okay because i know i i don't do this but the question is who do you sometimes compare yourself to and if you do do that why See, so I, I didn't write this question in there, so I think Andy might have. And if I'm if I'm uh, wording that wrong, Andy, if you want to uh, elaborate on that question. So, like, a lot of times, like, we, we have goals or stuff that we want to hit or we, like, we see, especially with social media now being as big, we scroll through social media and we see everybody got the big, lavish cars or all the hot women hanging around, whoa, daddy. But, like, sometimes we uh, – we compare ourselves to our friends yeah. or to somebody that we see. So is, is there anyone that like you kind of compare yourself to someone that like maybe uh, you want to uh, either follow in their footsteps, so to speak, like they're, they're like a motivator for you or 
or um, um, some place where they are where you want to be. And then why, um, right? I, yeah, and why? Um, well, okay. I definitely do understand the question. Um, in terms of really following in specifically in their footsteps, um, I don't have anyone specifically in mind in to that extreme um only because i feel like i'm point where like i just said like i really haven't been given my future as much thought as i really should um so i'm still kind of like carving my own path mode um okay you know obviously i've had idols that i've looked up to you know like oh um, derek jeter was my idol growing up um derek, you know mark Nessier, you know you know, Shawn Michaels was definitely someone who I idolized. Um, I don't want to follow his footsteps, you know. Hey, he um, made a lot of money. <laughs> but he also made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. still made a lot of money, though. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, in terms of, you know, yeah, I, I don't have anyone specifically in mind for, like, a career path. Because, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to work that out myself. And again, kind of carving my own path. Um, now, anyone I would really compare myself, can that include a fictional character? That's crazy. Sure. As yeah, sure. It's your answer, bro. There's no I, wrong answer. I, I would say for someone in terms of just living their life, just in the general aspect, I would say. Any Dragon Ball fans out there, Vegeta, because <laughs> okay, because he's my favorite character in that series. He's had, the, in my own my opinion, one of the best character developments. But I, but also like his journey of, you know, just being. I don't want to say tunnel vision, but you know, just. Wanting just like one thing, I guess. Okay, you know what? Being Tunnel Vision, the the way he was introduced to the series, and he's had his like redemption arc, even though he's still a prick. Um, he's a lovable prick. He's a lovable prick now, you know. And you know, there have definitely been times that he's definitely been humbled as well. You know, example when he was facing Majin Buu and he sacrificed himself. He had his redemption moment right there. Um, and it really makes you think about his journey of how he's evolved. And as much as he strives to want to really be the best, but he's not going about it using the same act antics and tactics as he was when we first met him. You know, now he's fighting for others, you know, protecting those that he loves. You know, he may not admit that he loves them. We all know he does. Um, Really just trying to be the strongest, but also trying to be the best that he can. And that's why that's the general path I kind of, you know, idolize. Okay. It's funny. People make fun of like fictional characters and stuff, but like they have some some real gems in there, you know, like the model. And and also, and also Vigia makes me feel better about my hairline. <laughs> uh. Word. Well, it looks like we only have maybe five more. Okay. So, uh, uh, how about this one? If you have one, again, you don't. It, don't feel bad if you don't. Uh, what is your unbreakable dream? Something that you want to. Achieve in life that is uh, 100% no matter what. I guess you can, if you want to reword it. Unbreakable dream. Uh, I'm not too sure, honestly. I mean, it's, it's all good if you don't have an answer. Yeah, you know. Um, we can move on. Yeah, you know, honestly, the biggest goal I really have it now is one day, you know, have family, you know, have kids that I can raise and, you know, really teach them from lessons I've learned along the way to really be the best person they can be. Um, you know, and then I, you know, maybe 
I would say it's that, honestly. Okay. Right. You know, being able to really develop and pass on the kind of like legacy of some sort. Okay. All right. So, okay. This one is more fun. Okay. This one. When we asked it, when we first came up with it, I didn't really have an answer. I now have an answer from the other night, but it ain't about me. It's about you. I so. had a, I had a couple <laughs> answers if, if we're thinking about the same question. Okay. Uh, I am going to want to know your answers after I give you mine. Oh, no. You can listen back to my episode to get my answers. Okay. Okay. I have a completely new one, but <laughs> that shit was wild. That's so wild. We'll, we'll um, talk about that. <laughs> What uh have you ever had any like supernatural experiences? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um the most vivid one I remember um so one of my best friend's mom is uh kind of like oh, a medium and we years ago we used to do like seances and stuff and you know some of my friends don't really mess with it or believe in it that's fine i remember this one night in particular many many years ago um it was like in the middle of the night on the weekend and we had kind of like doing a seance and we were in the living room we were sitting on the floor in the living room and me and one of my best friends had her son kind of had like a blanket, you know, covering over us. They were, we're sitting and me and him from, and like, I'm sitting like this and he's sitting kind of like adjacent where he's, he's sitting here, but facing that way, you know, because we had the walkway in between us and we had like a big blanket covering, covering ourselves. We're sitting Indian style because, you know, we're kind of cold. All of a sudden we just felt a pull from between us, pull on the blanket, like a big pull. And we just started freaking out. We just started freaking. There was, again, I'm sitting here. He's sitting adjacent from me. Okay. There's no one in between us. But the pull was pulled, like, from behind us in between. And nobody's there. And it it just got yanked. And there were, like, three other people. We're like, what the? What just? What? Everyone saw it. Everyone saw it. We're like, Okay, we need to. All right, we kind of need to stop this thing. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. That's like more scary than like the shit that I talked about. Yeah, yeah. That's I, wild. I that by far was probably the biggest experience I've ever had. Um, but, <sighs> okay. hey, that's kind of why I don't want to mess ever mess with a Ouija board. Nah, no, <laughs> I've never messed with one because I was like, nope, not nope. doing it. Not nope. doing it. You ever seen nope. the ones they sell at like Toys R Us? They They're did huge, back right? In the yeah, and it's like, oh, you know, oh, for kids, a Ouija board. I'm like, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. I've had dreams turn that felt real. Oh, I've had those. I've, I've had those, but I couldn't tell if it was real or not. I've, I've had dreams that felt so real, and then when you wake up, you felt like you just you just fell into your bed from like 200 feet in the air. I had one of those those like this feels real but wasn't real like the other night and then I woke up and I like I just like I like slapped Taylor. I was like, "Oh, okay, you're real." And she's like, "Why'd you hit me?" I'm like, "My bad." <laughs> Thought you were a demon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't say that. I would have gotten slapped. Uh all right. So we got two more. Mm-hmm. Um this one, I feel like you might have answered, but you might have not. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask it, and if it if it if it's the same answer, just say same answer, and if it's a different answer, then go for it. Because it. I've had a like I know when I answered this question, I went into this like rabbit hole of how one two three four how it all led in. Um. Okay. So. Do you have a single decision or like what decision have you made that has that you can literally look back at and go, this one decision 
change the complete directory, like the direction of my life. And you can literally pin, pin to it and go, by doing this, it led to A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So going back to that X I was talking about before, the way me and her had met was we were on, we saw MySpace back in the day. That's how long ago me and her met. <laughs> and like, and the thing is, like, we had, we were on each other's friends list because we both lived in Yonkers, but we had actually never met in person. And I remember just seeing her online and just sending her a message and saying, hey. He said, hey, back. We started talking and the rest is history. But just for that one moment, I'm just sitting randomly on the computer and I just see her and I say, hey, and we, you know, we got to know each other. And then. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, okay. And that, All right, Andy. Last question. The last one. And I love asking this question. What advice would you give your younger self? And why would you give your younger self that specific piece of advice? What I would give my younger self. That's actually a fair. That's that's a very good question. Um, one I would really give myself is the same, the exact same one my uh, Taekwondo teacher told me. Um, until you really know yourself, you don't know what you're doing. Because again, back then, I was at a point in my life where I I was a completely different person. I had I was like I didn't have the control that I thought I did. Didn't realize it. So that is definitely. That's definitely one of the pieces of, of advice I would really give that person, uh, give my younger self. Um, also, about not being bottled up, because being bottled up contributed to a lot of the problems that I had caused back then. Um, and really understand being humble and really understand how to really address certain situations where one solution as it may not seem practical or it may not seem like the one you really want to do maybe for the better okay because you know had i handled situations back then better my the trajectory of the rest of my life could have been completely different you know so that's those are definitely a couple of lessons i would definitely give my younger self and i'm sure there's probably a plethora of more Okay. That's good. All right. So, so was it as, as uh, easy or difficult as we teased it to be? Uh, I wouldn't say it was difficult. Um, probably a little bit more in depth than I expected, but that's fine. No, no problem <laughs> with that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't find it difficult. This is where we get to know you, get to know you, get that's to know true. your story. And it's crazy because I, we've I've known you for a couple of years now, and I didn't even know some stuff about your story, your background. It's very motivating to hear that, and I know a lot of other yeah. people are gonna, you know, find connections with it that to help themselves too. So thank you for sharing that. No, no problem. It's it's again kind of me being that bottled in person. I'm still that to this day, and sometimes. So as you guys saw, <laughs> but I think the best thing about your your whole story is that even though you've made mistakes, you're still growing, you're still learning. And a big thing about, I know, like I know people and I, I will admit sometimes I have trouble admitting, even though like, like I know I made a mistake. I have, I have trouble admitting it or like openly admitting it. So the fact that you have made the mistakes and you're openly admitting about it and you're openly like, I've grown from it. I've changed from it, from this, this, and this, like that's super honorable. So yeah, I mean, I appreciate you got you, you telling the story. No problem. Well, yeah. I, I appreciate you guys uh, having me come on on here and really, you know, end up really shared more of my story than hey, even I expect. But hey, it, yeah. you know, no, I no regrets, no problems. Did it feel good to like release some of it? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. 
You know, yeah, it really awesome. it really felt good to really have that social setting to really uh, let you guys in to really see what's, you know, on another layer of J-Rag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I dig it. I dig it. Well, well, Jay Reagan, I think I'm having people over on Saturday for the for for WrestleMania, not Sunday, just Saturday. So if you want to swing in, just night one, just night one, Mania. Uh, I'll let you know by tomorrow. All right. Well, I'm gonna say thank you, Jay Rag, again for coming on to Know Thy Neighbor episode four. It takes some balls to step up for this challenge, and you stepped up, my friend. Thank you. So for the Disaster Party podcast series, Know Thy Neighbor, this is Rob Zedanio. Oh, oh, daddy, Sandy Vivians. And we are out. Bye, bye.